welcome to Embrace Live Thrive, a podcast to encourage women that depression and anxiety are not normal parts of motherhood. To realize that taking care of yourself is important and you, mom, are worthy of care, and that is the best way to care for your family. Join me as we talk through issues in mental, social, nutritional, physical health, and so much more. Now is the time to start talking and admit that motherhood is the hardest thing we have ever done, but also the most rewarding. I hope you were able to listen as I tell you that it is okay to not be okay, but what is not okay is to stay there. I hope to equip you with tools, tips, resources to help get you through some of life's most exhausting moments. And at the end of the day, realize that you are the best mom out there for your family. Hey guys, it's Dr. Sarah Meyer, and today Dr. Amanda Kruger joins me on the podcast, and we have an incredible conversation that includes talking about healing from trauma and the impact gratitude has for those experiences make on the person you are today. But most importantly, she talks about having to choose God and choose possibility when it comes to healing from trauma. Dr. Kruger goes on to talk about her system-based approach for treatment and two of the tools she uses biofeedback, and neurofeedback. Biofeedback is a frequency-based conversation between your body systems, and neurofeedback looks at brain mapping, at those frequencies specific to your brain. She talks about the patient that can benefit the most from these treatments are simply the ones that are ready to get better. These treatments are based on clearing the cobwebs and allowing the systems to resume their normal functions with a much lower trigger to body reactions such as anger, blood pressure, or anxiety. If you love the message of Embrace Live Thrive and want to find ways to be involved, go to www.embracelivethrive.com and check out our support page. Dr. Kruger shares so much wisdom and knowledge that I'm sure she's going to leave you feeling empowered and ready to take the next step towards healing. So let's listen in. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. I think this is going to be a phenomenal interview. You are just going to really appreciate some of the information Dr. Kruger has to share. I had the opportunity to meet her through a connection of a connection of a connection, and she is fantastic. You are going to love her and you're just going to really be inspired as far as your health comes. Dr. Kruger, if you would take a second and just introduce yourself and your company and your family, we will just get going on what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me this morning. So my name is Dr. Amanda Kruger. I've been in practice. I've been a chiropractor for the last uh, 18 years of my life and I have owned my own for at least 15 of those. Mm -hmm. And the last probably 10 of them, I have focused on more of the systems-based approach and natural aspect of the chiropractic. And now I have biopsy, which is basically, I specialize in internal disorders and diagnostics. Uh I have beautiful children, a Mm three-year-old and a nine-year-old. Well, now she's 10 now. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to be in trouble. (laughs) Daughter, Eliana. And I have a wonderful husband named Matthew. And so we live in Illinois. We have a beautiful farm that we spend a lot of time outside in. And we also, I just uh, formed a company over in the Missouri side as well. So I'm trying to, I know I'm super excited. Um, So I've named that one uh, by design wellness center uh, Mm -hmm. because I am deeply rooted in the conversation of how we were designed and how to optimize that. Absolutely. God created our body to work and to take care of itself. 
Okay. Let's talk about how you came to be who you are today. You had a lot of trauma in childhood and it really has shaped perception and just how you look at things. Can you talk to us specifically about that journey for you? Sure. As I've gained wisdom and navigated through my conversation, I have learned that we all have a story. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite conversations about those stories is the the story with the, the twins, the identical twins, where there was one that went on to be very, very successful business owner. And there was one that uh, became an alcoholic. And when interviewed, they asked the very successful businessman, you know, why, why, how did you, how were you so successful? And he said, well, if you would have met my father, you would have known. Mm-hmm. Well, they decided to interview the twin and the, he's the alcoholic. And yeah. uh, how did this happen to you? How did you make those choices? Uh-huh. And he's would have met my father. You would have known. Yeah. And so I that story because what it has taught me and looking at all the things that have happened in my past, it has, I had choices along the way. Right. I navigated a lot. We were a family of five. I have two amazing siblings. Um, I have lost both my parents. Mm-hmm. They were alive. We struggled financially. Mm-hmm. I went to a different school every year, my whole entire life until my sophomore year in high school. And most people ask me, well, were you military? And I said, no, my parents just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I have for anybody who has been raised by someone who dealt with massive trauma and mental illness, they know that there's just a little bit more in tune with your surroundings because you never know yeah. when the ball drop. And so- right. I think gave me an incredible gift, but there was also kind of a curse for a little while too. And so I think as I navigated my childhood conversations and Uh even into my, because once, you know, I was always a very straight, straight laced kid, never did anything. I was just, you know, I just wanted to be loved. right? Right. Like I kind of where I was. Right. And so Turn to people. And so once I started turning to God as my source, that was that was the game changer for me. Yeah. So I think what fueled me was the awareness of what not to do um, somehow early on. Yeah. And and I I guess I credit speech and debate because I was very That's involved funny. in speech and debate. And so we had to argue both sides. Uh-huh. And so it allowed me to take a bird's eye view and start looking at things from different perspectives. Uh-huh. When I started paying attention to possibility, I think I that just really allowed me not to stay in the victimization of uh-huh. what I... And I, I've spent a lot of time lately, especially as, as an adult looking back going, man, I really wish I could have had X, Y, Z. And, you know, I wish my, I would have had the life my kids had, uh-huh. but then I'm no, I am so grateful yeah. that walked through because I have an awareness of what lack looks like uh-huh. the amazing ability to be grateful for what I have. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a higher level of that. Right. Um, so I think it just, for me, um, with everything I walk through, I think that me choosing possibility and uh-huh. having that awareness of God talking to me and building uh-huh. that relationship um, is what has allowed me to be where I'm at. Yeah. And I, I really think you 
I mean, you said a lot of amazing things, but one thing in particular I want to hone in on is you talking about how you are grateful for what your childhood taught you. If we know anything through religion and now even through research, we know that the basis of joy is gratitude. The ability to thrive where you are is gratitude. And it's not that you look back and you're like, oh, I just love everything that happened to me. That's that's not the perspective. The perspective is I can look back and appreciate and be grateful for what that taught me and how I am now aware that I can do differently and I can change the story for my children. Absolutely. And and being able to just encompass that is is such a valuable thing cuz i i agree everybody has their story and and very often if not always somebody has experienced a childhood trauma that affects them to this day so being Absolutely. able to look back and reflect i am grateful because and not held back because and then that takes a growth mindset and sometimes it takes more than just thinking it, you have to actually work through that trauma. And that could mean counseling. That could mean a whole slew of things, but it's such an important thing to be able to understand how to look back and be grateful for what it taught you. Absolutely. So one thing you talked about when you were describing your company that I really, really loved, and I want you to to dive in deeper because, and we were talking about this before we clicked record, it's a little bit of a different perspective than some of what you would hear these days. Talk to us about what you mean by a systems-based approach. Sure. I love physiology and mm-hmm. I love looking at how things work. And I yep. think a lot of times in our um, culture, I don't know if it's culture or just how our medical system or a healthcare system runs at this time is it's a very segmented separate system. And we're not, what I see then I experience that affects the endocrine that can affect cardiovascular that obviously Mm -hmm. affected my brain. And so I love looking at the whole body, the whole picture. And when we, when I do that, I, you know, we take a full history. So I hear from the individual. I sit down with the individual. I hear their story because in their story, you get a lot of pieces of their puzzle. Mm -hmm. And then when I do a full examination, I start from their hit paperwork, from their story. Then I start to say, oh, their weaker links may be cardio. Their weaker links may be gastro. Their weaker (laughs) links... Say that 10 times fast, uh, maybe more musculoskeletal based on the information. Then I start going through examinations that would give me more information about that specific system. And let's say I get some positive findings. Then I think about, okay, what other systems could be affected? And Uh then I double check on those systems. And then the next step is actual laboratory Mm-hmm. What, what types of things, what, how does the individual look on paper? And right. then I love putting all of those pieces together and then creating a solution. And normally it's, it's a longer conversation because there's so yeah. many pieces, but that's basically the, the juxt of it is I'm looking at which are their strengths and which are their weaknesses in their systems? And then how do we support the weaker and how to, how do we encourage the stronger? Yeah, absolutely. I 
think there's so much value in what you just talked about. And, and guys, what I want you to hear what she's talking about is often when you go to a doctor, they will be very specific in what they treat you for. However, there could be implication in many other systems as well. And so by taking that holistic approach to your body, even, and looking at all the systems is such a valuable thing because we know that true healing comes from understanding your mind, body, and spirit. And so looking at the body as a whole, looking at the person as a whole is truly the only way to truly heal, to fully heal. Yes. Talk to us about two of the things that you specifically use to help with the diagnostic and treatment. Tell us about the difference between biofeedback mm-hmm. and neurofeedback. Absolutely. So um, the biofeedback that we use, there's a, there's a couple of different things that we, we navigate through that, those systems, uh, muscle testing is a, is a great form. And then I also have a, a biofeedback device called a resonator. Mm-hmm. And basically it is asking the body and challenging the body or asking information from the body through a frequency-based conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has a frequency. Everything resonates mm-hmm. at its specific frequency. And so I think you're going to start seeing this trend in this conversation. It's, it's, I think it's picking up more traction. I've, I've been doing it for, you know, while I was in school. So 20 years, right. That's kind of that biofeedback, right? We're asking the physiology, we're Uh asking the body, and then we're getting information back based off of what frequencies may be out of, out of balance, out of range. And then that's Mm -hmm. something how we can support it. The neurofeedback is we do a QEEG, which is a brain mapping. And then based on what the findings are. I, it goes through an algorithm. It's a a beautiful report. It's like a five, six page report. Uh And then I read it on top of that. Um, and then I interpret it with the, uh, the patient neurofeedback in and of itself. The treatment is a, um, basically you're hooked up to some probes and you watch TV. It's as as simple as that, but it's a positive reinforcement. So what the brain likes is to be able to see it likes uh-huh. to be able to hear. Mm-hmm. And so when you're watching TV, if your brain is not responding correctly or appropriately, then it will dim the lights, the sound will go down, and the brain will try to figure out how to correct that. And then the moment that it is, the pathway is running appropriately, which really is going off of your delta, alpha, theta, and and um, beta waves. Wow. And one uh-huh. I know. I know. That's some big words right there. Those yeah. are big words. Yeah. So once, once it's appropriate, the lights go up and the sound goes up. And so it's a positive reinforcement uh-huh. for the brain to re be retrained appropriately. I think that's really important to talk about. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but we're going to talk about it again. And we're probably going to talk about it again. The brain is what we know through research now has neuroplasticity. So the, the brain Correct. is changeable and modifiable. And so that's yes. kind of kind of what you're talking about in the sense that when we find these wavelengths that have gotten off or are not firing correctly, there is mm-hmm. still ability to have modification to improve those, those wavelengths again, and those frequencies again, and just really take your brain back to step one, back to health where it is functions the best. Why from your perspective, 
are biofeedback and neurofeedback such an important thing to include in your treatment of your patients? As I've navigated the last years of practice, I started really attracting a lot of very difficult cases, very much entrenched in, like you said, the mind-body-spirit conversation. With my past trauma, I've been able to relate. I, I have, I do have a history of severe PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can relate with those individuals. And most of the patients that were coming in had pretty substantial autoimmunity. Right. And there's not a lot of good options mm-hmm. medically when you're at that state. Right. So what yeah. I found when I when I was doing my research and and I happened to come across this amazing, you know, tool um, for my tool shed to help people with. Right. The way that I describe it, and this is this is probably the best way, is you know when we're young and like you said, the neuroplasticity because neurofeedback is the only thing that I have found mm-hmm. with research that does absolutely retrain and and gain back neuroplasticity. Right. So the way that I love explaining this is when we process our brain, it your brain's processing trillions of things every you know second. Yeah. So it goes from A to Z to A. That. For the simplistic way of doing this, that's what we're going to say. Well, as we have past hurts, perceptions, traumas, food sensitive, you know, whatever, we start Mm -hmm. getting cobwebs that are built. And so what will happen is when you retrieve information, if you go from A to Z to A, if there are cobwebs from past trauma, it goes from A, lag because of the cobweb, to then Z, cobweb to A. Well, during the cobweb session, we start, mm-hmm. we can ha- be triggered, right? Mm-hmm. So we can have high blood pressure. We can have, um, you know, sweaty palms. We can start breathing rapidly. We can have, so it can affect the endocrine system. It can affect our physical being. It can affect the digestional system. And so what the neurofeedback does, it literally takes these cobwebs away. So wow. then now when we retrieve the information, we're not triggered anymore. It goes from A to Z to A. Mm-hmm. And so what I hear from people, I mean, as simple as I've had individuals, let's say with road rage, that this is a simple, gotcha. simple way of looking at this. Yeah. So when they're on the road, someone cuts them off and they are not Christian at that moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're being anything but Christian. And, you know, it's a huge trigger for them. They have yeah. a lot of anger. That's a trigger. One of the things that I've had patients tell me is that they're like, oh my gosh, when I'm driving now. I know that that driver would have normally caused a physiological reaction and it isn't incredible. And so it is. And so now what I'm seeing with this, and this is what I love about it is now we're calming down our responses, Uh which then calms down the overall system. Uh It's going to allow all the nutraceuticals and all the supplementation and all the dietary changes and all the lifestyle changes that most of the patients that walk into my office, they've done everything. Right. So they're already like, I don't have to have a fast food conversation with them. They're already eating very healthy, most of them. And so now we can calm their system down. They're not getting triggered. Now we can actually get them to that next phase of health because what we do every day isn't, Mm -hmm. what they're doing every day isn't triggering a negative response constantly. Mm -hmm. So it's just been, it has taken my practice to a whole new level of helping people. And that's, that's, what's been really fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask this question. I have a sneaky suspicion. I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> so in your mind, who is the best client that will benefit from these biofeedback treatments? 
I would say I specialize in humanity. Okay, um, that's not how I thought you would word it, but that's kind of what I figured you'd say. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we see so many different types of individuals and I, you know what? I think the best answer to that is people that want to get better. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah. That's an, if an you have a desire answer. to get better, um, it, it it's a, the nice thing about the neurofeedback, you, you don't have to talk about the trauma. I'm a big advocate of counselors. I, we refer to counseling because that is very important, Yeah. but counselors love this because it allows their client to be able, I've had, cl- uh, counselors come up to me or call me cause I, we've been work, I've been, you know, working with their, yeah. their client and, you know, something that took them years and years and years and years and years and years, and they still weren't really able to talk about it all of a sudden within a couple of sessions. Now they're talking about it because wow. we're able, they're able to talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, it just, like I said, it just really helps bridge the gap for individuals and things just aren't as it's not affecting their physiology as mm-hmm. much. And so it doesn't be that fear and that trauma isn't as real or debilitating. Mm-hmm. We're shining a light just, and, and yeah. I, and I'm going to be real careful. The first step is always God, right? right. And always that relationship with Jesus. That's, that is uh-huh. the quintessential. I, I don't believe any modality can take place of that, but this is that next step yeah. that I have found to really unlock and create this opportunity for healing for people. That's really beautiful how you've described that. And let's, Fast forward in the sense that I'm a patient, I'm struggling. I come into you. What does these treatments, these modalities look like? Like what should I expect when I come to see you? Is it a machine? Is it, am I hooked up? Am I holding something? When we, I normally, I will do 15 minute free consults with individuals. So I have an idea of which bucket or w- uh-huh. which buckets uh-huh. they might fit in. Um, so if we're just speaking solely on the neurofeedback, mm-hmm. um, cause a lot of people will work con- in conjunction with me, especially if they're a, a tougher case So we're mm-hmm. doing laboratory, we're doing epigenetics, we're doing all of that stuff. Right. But if we're speaking just for the neurofeedback to just kind of give a, a picture of what that looks like, the QEEG is what we do first. Because some people, it, they don't necessarily need neurofeedback or neurofeedback right. may not be the initial starting point for them. Okay. So we have to qualify them as a, as a candidate for the treatment. The neurofeedback uh, brain mapping, basically we put, it's like a hat. It's like a cap mm-hmm. on their hair. You, that is not, so there's two separate things. We've got the mapping that gives us the information uh-huh. and then we have training because the mapping does put a uh-huh. lot of gel in people's hair and they're like, please tell me this isn't going to happen every day. That's like, no, funny. no. So the mapping itself, um, we look at uh, different sites on the, the brain and then put gel. And then we just basically get that information. The actual treatment itself, the neurofeedback is you come in, you sit in a comfortable chair and we put two little probes or, you know, two Uh little metal pieces on two parts of the the head. And then you sit there and watch whatever show you want on Netflix. Now I'm kind of helping navigate which shows are (laughs) appropriate, not appropriate, but I have allowed, you know, a couple of shows that I'm like, "Eh." but you know, so we, we talk about that and then we do a, a, an evaluation where we ask the patient, subjective question. So we can monitor it from a subjective standpoint. And then I personally look at their readings. So I actually see the training sessions. I can pretty much tell if I need to let that patient know, Hey, let me know if 
you know, you notice anything or mm-hmm. it really looked like a good training session. Let me know how that looks. Mm-hmm. But I look at the, the alpha, the beta, the high beta, the, the delta and the theta waves. Those mm-hmm. are the waves that I look at and I can see them through the whole training session. Yeah. Yeah. And just as a quick definition explanation. So subjective just means what you're saying as a patient or a client. Absolutely fantastic. It's it sounds super duper cool. I look forward to learning more about that and more about how you help people. If you if there are people listening today who really like what they're hearing but don't even know where to start, what are recommendations you have for them of where to even trying to start this process, this journey of health and healing? I am located on the Illinois side currently. I mm-hmm. am working on um, at least one, if not two presence in Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. Most likely the Wildwood area would be a starting place. But for right now, they can look me up on um, Whole Health Chiropractic. So it's WHC. Okay. wellness.com. Okay. And they can get my phone number from that. Um, my phone number is 618-622-1200. Mm-hmm. And basically I do, I do 15 minute free consults to kind of see where, you know, a bucket that they would fit in. If they're wanting to do the neurofeedback, we do also have home units mm-hmm. so they can come in for the brain mapping. Mm-hmm. We would talk about it. And if they do, um, if they are a candidate, that seems like a good fit for them as well. Yeah. Then we do have home units where they can train at home. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. So you mentioned some of them, but are there any other really good ways of finding you and connecting with you? Um, any horse event, we do a lot of <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So great. Okay. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate all your knowledge and wisdom that you've shared today. Guys, I think this is a really great option. If you're struggling, you feel like you are not making any progress, please, please, please go check out Dr. Kruger. Okay. We're going to wrap up with my, my last favorite question. What is your favorite form of self-care? Oh, I like this. Okay. Prayer. Okay. So every morning I get up before everybody and I just pour into scripture. Mm -hmm. I will do daily lessons. I will do podcasts that are associated, you know, with, with that conversation because through my life and everything I've gone through my, I am at peace for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I attribute that to my amazing opportunity to just be with the Lord by myself Mm -hmm. every day. And so I have a really good habit of doing it in the morning. If for some reason, you know, life happens and I don't in the morning, I I pray without ceasing, right? I pray through the day, but I find some time during the day that God and I can just sit and talk. Yeah. Often tell tell women that the easiest way to start on self-care and to start that progress forward is developing some sort of a quiet time routine in the mornings. Again, not everyone's a morning person. So sometimes it's nap time or bedtime, but creating that space where you can be still, talk to the Lord, read scriptures, do affirmations, do the podcast do the journaling with whatever is most beneficial for you, but taking that time and developing it is one of the best, cheapest, most affordable ways that you can start your journey. Now you you will probably need other resources as well, but that's a really great place to start. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it. Guys, I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes. So it's all super simple to find her, her website, her phone number, her Facebook handle, all that stuff. So guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day.